0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, good afternoon. Um, one would like to speak a few words about the Baal Shem of Michal Statt, Reb Yitzhak Leib Now, People associate the word Balshem with a sort of the Balshemtiv and we tend to think that there was a union of Balshems and they all did the same and so on. So the Balshem in Michelstadt was a known Tzaddik but his trajectory and his anhagis were extremely different. Now the information, the best place to get the information is once again, Mechon Yerushalayim collected whatever there is of his writings. They, um, they, they put it with a big mafteach and all sorts of his diaries and things like that, where you have a lot written about it, you know, the, their information is really good and it's something um, worth looking at fully. But he was born in 1768 and died in 1847. He learned at home. For some reason his father didn't let him go. And he ended up learning by, at the age of 17, by Reb Nasser Adler Adla and the Baal Law, together with the Chesam Saifa. So he was the, we, we had mentioned him in the beginning as another one of the um, Reb Nasa Adla's Talmidim and somebody who had a very different on than everybody else. Now he was in into Kabbalah. He was also tremendously misag himself. He was somebody who, who who mortified himself. He did not eat meat, dairy products. He did not eat animal products. Not not as uh, an animal thing, but sigufim. He just he felt that he doesn't want to be nana from haza. He drank black coffee and very, very, very misogynist himself. In his, he was made the Rav Michalstadt, And believe it or not, he also met with a lot of pushback because of his unhuggies. The fact that he was into Kabbalah, the fact that he was into um, all sorts of Sigufim, the fact that he had unusual unhuggies did not make him popular and people were not happy with him. I guess it was kind of a German thing that if you didn't, if you didn't toe the line, you were not uh, accepted. They, he had all of his ksavim. he was a tremendous time Chachem, a tremendous time and spent the majority of his time learning. He had Chedushim written on a lot. He had a dream, a few dreams that his house would be burnt down. He didn't want to leave it because it was his father's house. So he took out fire insurance, but didn't move out. And sure enough, the house burned down. Nobody was hurt, but his ksavim were lost. A little bit was found, and and, and uh, whatever they found, whatever they could get hold of, they published. It's all it's 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 and pshatim um, and and gemara shakmataria. He was he was a a a talmud chacham, and that was his that was What's fascinating is he kept a meticulous diary of all the people that came to ask for Yeshua's and what happened with them, follow-ups. It's, it, it's almost like Yakasha Precision was married with Sadikim stuff and he, and he kept track. So and so was Sakana, I, um, I, uh, did, did, I, I was of this, I did this and that, the other thing. And then, and, and this is four months later, reported back the following, and so on. One of the most unusual things that's, so, so he has a lot of notes, and they published them, and they put them together also. So one thing that's fascinating is, they collected all of his eights that he gave, checking Tfilin, giving money for Nerys, and they wrote, how many times did he say this, how many times that, how many other things. I think they have seven or eight years worth of notes like that, but one of the more um, one of the more uh, uh, significant things that really is unusual is when someone came to him for Yeshua for something, he would undertake to learn something for that person's chus. Me to learn this for that person's chus. Me to learn this for that person's chus. Kavul to learn nine times the following, and people would pay for it, like pigeon, and. He didn't pressure people to, you know, he told them, he would tell you pay when you can. This is the fee for doing the following. And he wrote down, he kept notes of, I said, I undertook doing this for that, this thing for the other thing, so on and so forth. Occasionally, it seems he gave, he gave other people also, he told them what to do. But most of the time, he was becoming himself a sheer to learn a shir, this and that, for the schutz of something or other. And I, I want, so he was a mystical person. Unusual in the sense that the vast majority of his writings were Gemara, sha oriented. Whatever we have left is, is very much like that. His um, main now, he also was extremely familiar with um, secular knowledge. Not your typical Balsamtev. He he was educated. I don't know. I'm not aware, but, but he was extremely educated and he had a yeshiva where they also did the Tanakh, other things. He was very, very, um, he had that part to himself. I want to add a certain point. When, whenever, people, whenever people look to find unusual Mikubalim and so on to David um, for them, So the question is, how do you know? Well, a lot of times it's because the person is so unusual, he must be a very big tzadik, and he must be different. That's something that is a little bit, it it, it begs the question. Well, maybe that's the reason he's not a tzadik. Chachamilel once said, they asked him, who's the tzadik nist of the dar, and he answered the stipler. And people would look at him. He told himself the story, Chacham i and say, "Why? I, we know all about him." He says, "No, you don't." That's so he says. I know we know he's a tzaddik, and we don't know how much is hidden from us. But whenever you look at Sadmista, the Balshem and Michalstadt, the Chasam Sofer and the Chedusher Rim, used to send people to ask him to do the for them. So, so we have a bridge. We have somebody that by all standards was a godlador. Khsam Sof in Hungary, Chlusherim in Poland. These were, this was Poland, this was Hungary. They also knew a lot about the world that we know nothing about. And and the Mela, they were people that were worthy of um, telling us, this is a place to be misbelled, this is a person misbelled to. So it's fascinating that he was a mystic, so to speak, a, a, a person with that type of stature in a very German setting. It wasn't only that he happened to live in Germany. His Hanhagis, a tremendous emphasis on learning Nigla, uh, uh, a, a learning Chachmus, different Chachmus, the meticulousness of um, sort of keeping the Seder Advarim, like, you know, keeping notes and, and you know, a, a ledger. Of what he was asked to do and how much and so on and so forth, <laughs> taking out fire insurance, and yet he was recognized by by different. The Haredi was not that world. Haredi was a very different world. Tzamzam had some ca- ca- context. Haredi didn't, and they all felt that he was a an ish kaddish an ish akim and worthy to ask a bracha from. So there's something uh, unique about about him, and. Uh, we learn a godol, a chadushim, and and uh, some sefir that were mamlets and him as a spell. Then it makes it royal to Davin, to daven escape, and so on.